This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly, the other host. What's up there, Wackerly? How you doing tonight? I'm um, doing all right. How are you doing? I, I see that you bought a, what is that, a pint of Jim Beam? It's just a pint, yeah. Did you get it from the Crackhead store down the street? No, two stores down. That's a more Union Square area store. It's a good thing they gave you a brown bag, because that's like carrying, I don't know, like a a brick of cocaine through the tenderloin. And they see that, they start like salivating. I do like how, and I just noticed this when I bought this, how they uh, just automatically give you a brown bag when you buy a pint of booze. They're like, well, you're going to go drink this on this corner, aren't you? And well, it's like, kind of, you no. know, it's, <laughs> but, but that's what all the crackheads do. They're so used to it. It's just kind of like, that's what everyone does here. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like either brown bag and a 40, or like a fifth of beam. Or one of those Mad tall, Dog tall 2020. Cans of yeah. You know, what, what question that's been on my mind, burning on my mind, Do you is have are you wrong going with your pu- to... Cubes? <laughs> no, actually, I, I got that taken care of last week. <laughs> shaved God off, damn all the crabs. lights are gone. God damn crabs. Uh, no, what I was wondering is, uh, are you going to Burning Man this year? Uh, no, I've never been to Burning Man. <laughs> I have been, it's been on my mind lately, because uh, some of our friends are into it, and, you know, they're talking about it, and... Well, it's Burning Man season right now. Yeah, everybody's getting ready, getting their Burning Man floats. Do they have floats? It's like camps. They set up like these like little weird these little camp, theme parties art, art kind of camps, thing. theme party. Well, you know, let's just back up a second. I think a lot of a lot of people know what Burning Man is, and it's huge in the uh, Bay Area. It's huge on the West Coast. Yeah, all but of California. I wonder cool. though if a lot of like our foreign fans that listen to Sick and Wrong even have heard of Burning Man, or people from other parts of the United States probably. Yeah, people on the East either. Coast they probably don't really know about Burning Man either. So maybe we should like I don't know, kind of enlighten people and tell them what this uh, hippie event is about. <laughs> so I'm not going to Burning Man either. I've never been to Burning Man before. And I honestly, and I don't mean to say I'm like a puss or something, I don't think I could withstand Burning Man. I don't think I could weather that. I don't have the metal of someone that could take Burning Man. But for what reason? I mean, there's multiple reasons why I would <laughs> expect you to have a horrible time there. The first one well, being Because I that- hate nature. Well, it's might not, be the first thing. Even, I guess it is nature. Fuck but yeah, it's, dude! It's, you camp it's for not like a like, week. It's not like a. <clears throat> it's not like a forest though. It's like the extreme desert, barren desert. Only Ted Nugent can handle conditions like that. Well, let's back up a little <laughs> bit though. But the Burning Man, on the face of it, is a three-day. I guess you would call it art festival. Well, what it is actually is so Burning Man takes place in the uh, Black Rock Desert, which is 120 miles uh, north of Reno, Nevada. It's pretty much in a desolate wasteland. It's like yeah. Mad Max beyond the Thunderdome. There's just nothing out there. It's way beyond the Thunderdome. But it's a week long event where people go out there and they have their little theme camps and they dance and they take, I guess, like insane amount of drugs. Yeah. And then at the very end, for the finale of Burning Man, which uh, which occurs over Labor Day weekend. So on Labor Day weekend, I think it's a Saturday night, they burn the man. And the man is this like 40-story tall structure, which is shaped like a man. It's an effigy. And they it's packed full of explosives. They light it on fire, and it just explodes in the middle of, in the, middle of the desert. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the Burning Man is why they have to have this event in the middle of the desert, because you couldn't do it around, like, a town or any combustible, you know, trees or anything. Well, I looked at their website, and uh, there's, like, a Q&A session. You can go check it out, burningman.com, if you want to get some more information about this event. 
A Burning Man is an annual experiment and temporary community dedicated to radical self-expression and radical self-reliance. You can check out the website for more information on this. But what it is, is basically a bunch of like dirty hippies that go out in the middle of the desert and they light shit on fire. I guess they ride their bikes around. They excrete in porta potties and uh, they take lots of drugs and it started as like this hippie thing in San Francisco yeah but wait but now it's kind of blossomed into this like huge hippie event but I think you're you keep saying hippie but I don't think that's an accurate description. I what think, else are they? They go in the middle of nature and, <clears throat> and sit there and dance around. But if you if you describe all if that, dreadlocks, if you take all that description that you just put forth and you say hippie, mm-hmm. that you're talking about a rainbow gathering, which I think people have heard of the rainbow Dude, gathering. These people smell like shit. Right? They but, have dreadlocks but, but, and really cheesy but tattoos. But do you agree with me that Burning Man is a d- different thing than a rainbow gathering? I think this at is, least at least let's call them like neo hippies or something because they're not they don't have tie dyes on. These guys are like what did you mm. say earlier today when we were talking about this? You called them uh, tribal, yeah, urban no, tribalists. No, no modern primitives. Modern, modern <laughs> pri- those type of people. Big plugs in their ears, kind of like you have, but, you know, like piercings through their nose and shit like that. I, okay, all right, all right. You know what? I stand corrected. I, I think I was a little um, off off subject there. Nobody at Burning hippies. Man, yeah, nobody at Mur- Burning Man is listening to the dead. Yeah, but I think there are hippies that go to this event. Probably. But I think, yeah, you know, I, I stand corrected. They, they're modern primitive. They're like, they're like the type of dudes that have like tribal tattoos and big ass like plugs in their ears. And yeah, and they like, they're artists. Yeah, and they they're artists. There and not they, that they've ever sold a single piece of art and not yeah, that they, they support do themselves. Like lame sculpture. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just have a problem with people saying that they're an artist when they don't really support themselves with their art. It's like, well, you have a hobby. Well, that, that's, yeah, that's it's painting or, be, or sculpting, but... But they're okay. self-important. They want to consider yes, themselves exactly. artists. So Burning Man started in San Francisco, actually. It was uh, founded, I was doing a little research on it. It was founded by a guy named Larry Harvey. And uh, Harvey, in 1986, he was a member of the underground art scene. And that's the thing with Burning Man. And I guess I am kind of dismissing it as this hippie event, which is not entirely true. The fact of the matter is, yeah, Burning Man did have, like, an anarchist beginning. There's, like, anarchist underpinnings to Burning Man. Yeah. And so in the beginning, it started out in, like, 1986 at Baker Beach, you know, that, like, clothing-optional beach yeah. in uh, San Francisco. Beach right in San Francisco. It's this like- guy, Larry Harvey... I guess he had a bad year that year and decided, you know, get a bunch of his friends together, go out to the beach and just burn this thing down. Like they, they made like a, I don't know, like a statue of a dude, burned him down. Right. And they thought that's all the negative energy of this year burning up. It wasn't 40 stories tall at that point. It no, was probably, it, was it was like, like eight pretty foot big. tall. It was probably yeah, pretty big. And they, they got together and he was part of the underground art scene. And then as the years progressed, it just got bigger and bigger up until the point where they had like this. Yeah, like this 40-foot like Burning Man thing that they're going to light on fire on the beach. There's like 400 people out there <laughs> dancing to tribal drums. And the police were like, what's going on? We're <laughs> shutting this down. And so he was pretty much forced to move out to Nevada, you know, to the middle of nowhere in the desert where yeah. no one really cares if you light things on fire. And so from what I've heard, like in the past, like 10 years ago, you go out there for free. And you go and you just light, do whatever you want. You bring guns, you shoot things, you light things on fire. You take like massive amounts of LSD and trip in the desert like Jim Morrison, the Lizard King, all that stuff. (laughs) But now it's completely different. I think it's like a bastardized version of its former self. Right. Well, anything like that, once it gets too big, then you have to start worrying about 
you know, risk and people dying and people getting into huge, you know, well, dude, mob there's like 40,000 people that just emigrate to this desert. Right. Like, it's like a massive exodus of people. Like, and, you know, I think in the beginning, yeah, it was like these artists, modern primitive types. And I think those people still go. But I think the only people that can really afford the $350 admission ticket are, uh, yeah, like uh, yuppies. And uh, dudes that founded internet companies yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like those are the people, lawyers, that go out to Burning Man. And it's just like, okay, for a week I'm going to be an anarchist and I'm going to burn things down and take some ecstasy. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's what happens. And, like, it's funny because we have a bunch of friends that are into it. I've yeah. been invited to Burning Man probably, I don't know. 10 times, 20 times. <laughs> and I just would never go because I do hate the outdoors. And I, I couldn't stand it. I, there's no way I could go and camp in a desert for like a week. And and I guess I do enjoy doing drugs. And I heard there's lots of naked chicks out there. Which yeah, would be I've seen cool. the pictures. So. Yeah, but they're covered in dirt. Dust. Dirt. <laughs> dust. Whatever. Dirt implies that there's water mixed in. <laughs> yeah, but there's probably dust. sand in their vaginas. That's Well, yeah. I don't think they go around bottomless so much as they go around topless. Yeah, I heard there's like totally fat naked dudes and chicks just riding their bikes around in like 114 degree heat. <laughs> Could you imagine how bad it smells? Naked, you're saying. Yeah, naked. Oh. But naked. Yeasty and not to mention, seat. dude, I read I read in this story um, that you know have you ever read that book Diary of Viagra Fiend? Uh, somebody gave it to me once, but I never ended up reading it. What's his name? Jason Galloway. He's like yeah. a San Francisco author. It's you know the book's kind of cool. He's kind of funny, but he has a really really uh, detailed description, detailed account of his experiences at Burning Man. I recommend it to anybody because it's kind of funny. But he was talking about it. he has like a whole chapter dedicated to this like line of like a hundred blue porta potties and just like the most foul odor ever known to mankind emanating from that. Yeah, well, it's hot. <laughs> boiling, Jesus, dude, it's like boiling, boiling fecal, fecal matter. matter. <laughs> I just, I wouldn't be able to deal with it. And so what I wonder about is, is Burning Man still cool anymore? I know they do like the the thing. I guess the Burning Man now is like 40 stories tall and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. And I guess it's an amazing sight to behold this thing lit on fire. But is it worth the endurance, the, the suffering that you'd have to endure Well, and for the, a week? And the $300 or whatever it is to get in. I don't and, know. and not to mention, you have to like pack your van full of everything. Everything. There's yeah, no stores out there. It's not like you can go no, to I think Safeway. I think they've banned the use of money. So everything you want to, you know, drink or eat or need, you either have to bring in or you have to like barter shit with people. Which I mean, I don't like. You know, you can give, blow, give guys blowjobs for a jug of water or something if you run out. On... Well, I don't know. Like, th- there's been like in the past few months a series of Burning Man parties amongst some of our acquaintances. And, uh, yeah, like, I've been to a few of them. They're trying to fundraise for their, their different events because I guess everyone has their own camp, and they, they have their own theme. And so one of our friends has this, like, Victorian-era theme, and they, they've been having a number of parties. Their parties are actually kind of fun. Yeah. Like I've, well, there's I've, a lot of women dressed skimpily in their whatever costume and they're all on choice. E. I've and actually, they're all on E. Yeah, I've right. hooked up they're at, like, four of their other. parties. So, it's like, yeah, I have no qualms about going to their parties. What I'm saying is I just don't know if I could – like they've told me, like, hey, you want to come out to Burning Man? Come join our camp. It's like, I don't think I could deal. I think I, by, I think within three days, I'd want to kill. Well, the thing is, they do that whole thing where they become, they get into character. <laughs> yeah, they do this like Victorian thing. And I think everybody at Burning Man is doing that with whatever their other themes are. And 
And for a party, you know, it's kind of funny, but for whatever you it's actually a week. I thought it was only three days, but you said no, it was a week. No, it's a week. week. It's a week-long event. A week-long party. <laughs> I couldn't put up with that shit for a week. The, like, character Dude, acting I don't even thing. think I could do it for two days. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think I would want to kill. Yeah. Well, so we have I want to do uh, I want to go to... If I go to Burning Man, my theme is going to be... I'm going to have the space balls <laughs> Space balls from the movie? Yeah, remember that scene where they're, uh, they're, on, they're combing the desert with the giant comb? And then they pan over to the black space ball soldiers and they have the Afro pick. And they said, we, you know, we ain't found shit. <laughs> well, okay. Wait, I do kind of remember that. And, yeah. uh, my theme Moranis is going to be is out there. My and... theme is going to be space ball, the desert scene from space balls. I don't think yogurt, anyone's going to get it. Yogurt is there. Mel Brooks <laughs> playing yogurt. Everybody's going to have to wear those, you know, ping pong ball shaped helmets. It's going to be great. Dude, you, you, it'll just be you at the camp because I don't think anyone else is going to get it. I'm going to have the Schwartz, the ring with the Schwartz. <laughs> so we have a friend, a mutual friend, who's been to Burning Man a few times, actually. I think she's been like four or five times. Right. And she said she was willing to talk to us about it. So um, let, let's try giving her a call on the uh, sick and wrong phone. So uh, our friend Natalie here has been to Burning Man like several times. And uh, I know she's willing to talk about it. And not to mention, I kind of want to bring up this new guy that she met. Uh, at one of the Burning Man parties. Ooh. Natalie. Hey. Natalie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Hey, what's up there, Natalie? It's D. Simon and uh, Lance Wackerly from Sick and Wrong. Yes, yes, boys. And uh, I spoke to you earlier. Thanks for uh, le- for coming on the show. Uh, you know, we're we're glad to have you on because we're talking about Burning Man here, and I know you've been to Burning Man a few times, right? Yes, I'm very excited. It's fast approaching. However, I'm not attending this year. Oh, you're not going this year? No. no. How come? It's a very expensive endeavor, but it's um, very huh? fun all the same. But I have a lot of lot of good friends going. And how much? How much is it? Well, oh my God, the ticket is like I think it's something like two fifty, and then there's something like three seventy five or something like four hundred dollars at at the gate. Jesus, so and, and you got to buy supplies too, so it's probably gonna cost you like yeah, six or seven hundred dollars. Like costume, supplies, water, food, like fun stuff, you know. And then people are always like building lots of things, and so those are very expensive. But it is what, definitely an investment. What does the money go to? Is there security and that sort of thing, and like medical facilities in case you, you know people pass out from all the drug use and all that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can you guys hear me all right? blowing like hell outside yeah we can hear you yeah we can hear you pretty good okay good um yeah i mean it basically goes to support the event and make sure it continues there's a huge kind of relationship with the bureau of land management so i don't know if they land or or how it works is it is it state land or is it private property it's not private property. Okay, so it's just part of the state. Owned by the Bureau of Land Management. Well, Wackerly had a good question earlier. He said that how how do they police it? Like, why couldn't you just sneak in? If it's like a big, huge plot of land, couldn't you just walk on? Like, why do you have to pay admission? Well, you... I don't 
no, D. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, could you have you ever tried to sneak in, or did you pay no, every I time? I have friends who have actually, and they've snuck in in the back of trucks in like big Rubbermaids or whatever, or like a big barrel, or I don't know, like. And then I had another friend who actually. <laughs> wait, wait. So the so there's a van that's going through the normal admissions thing, and they're like hiding inside something. In the way back, like Mexicans going over the border, <laughs> or like when yeah, we used to go to the drive-in movie like that too. In the trunk. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not just do that? Because then you could all split the admission yeah, fee. Because it's 115 degrees, and you'll probably die back there. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the, you know, I mean, once once you get into Gerlock, which is the kind of the town outside of the. Uh, it's called Gerlock. Gerlock is the town outside of Burning Man. And once you get there, you can kind of like jump in the Rubbermaid, and then it's only probably like a 20, 30 minute drive, and. Jesus, that's gotta couldn't, be you, hell. couldn't you just get a, a dune buggy and like go in from you know like the north side or something? You're thinking or, of the road I mean, warrior, yeah, with like you know some guns mounted on a it, spike jacket. But if they see you, yeah, no, they really. So who who? They who, have to pay admission. I mean, you really do. Yeah, everybody would think you're an asshole trying to get a free ride. So so Natalie, and tell me. This is forked out like three hundred fifty bucks to be there. I mean, and the reason they raised the ticket for the weekends, check this out which I think is just such a trip, is there's this whole, like, anti-spectator thing there. Like, it's really all about participation. Spectator? Oh, you mean, like, uh, just like the yuppies that go there just to watch? Yes. Yes. So you get these, like, marina folks who are like, I'm going to rent an RV and wear a cowboy hat and a bikini top and some board shorts all weekend and, like, check out all the crit and just going to go for the weekend. So they actually won't let people in, like, on Friday night. Burning Man posers. <laughs> That's what they are. Seriously. So, so tell me, Natalie, what, what's the appeal of Burning Man? What do you do there? Like, why is it? Why do all these people go to the middle of the fucking desert for a week and don't bathe and have to take a shit in a porta potty? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> these are all the things that Dave. That I D, hate nature. D has problems That's why I with. couldn't deal. He, he hates the heat. He hates shitting in porta potties. I hate the and sun. he hates not being able to take a shower every day. <laughs> but yeah. you like drugs because if you do it on drugs, you don't give a shit about any of <laughs> I, well, th that's the one thing. It's like I do like drugs, and I heard there's lots of naked chicks. Like, were you naked when you were there? Pretty much. I mean, you, were, you were butt naked walking around? No, I was in. I God damn it, I missed it. This is gross. So you want, should I tell you gross things? Yeah, did. Now we want to hear gross things. It's sick and wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Of course. Um, I have pretty much had my period there every time I've gone. So every time you've gone there, you've been on the rag? Yes. And so. so Basically, that that means that I'm just topless, and I have, but I have to be all like, you know. Do you get sand in your tampon? No, no sand. No, it's not sand. It's actually the. It's called the playa, which is what they call the the. The desert area. They, they call it the playa, and the playa is like this really fine, like talcum powder. Um, except when it rains and it becomes this like huge mud. So it's kind of like dust. Sort of. It's really like dust. It's like talcum powder. It's like, it's so fine. And the um, dust is just over everything? It's in everything. I mean, in the, those are the people you'll see driving through San Francisco with, like, this white dust all over their cars. And on the inside, it gets inside your car, outside your car. It's on. It gets on everything. It doesn't wash off your skin. It's so kind of like, like ashy crackheads. <laughs> <laughs> 
exactly. <laughs> so, so tell me, what did you do when you were there? Like, what, what goes on at Burning Man? Like, let's say we went there, we got into this camp, and we just kind of hung out. What would we do? More importantly, if I were going to go, what can I do to avoid being uh, whatever you call it? You know, just a the tourist. The urge to kill? No, just a tourist. I don't want I don't want to be ostracized for, like, wearing the wrong, you know, whatever clothes. You guys would appreciate this, actually, that I was participating in this, like, men naked mandala photo okay of this like like everyone was in this like big mud pie like thing and they put a they had like um kind of like a scaffolding thing and they put a camera at the top and i think it was like a playboy camp the guy i met was like fully like in the porn industry and and did um he like developed like acrylic dildos that you could like look down the center of and like see the inside of a woman's vagina like Oh, yeah, we, we both have the internet, so we're, not, we're familiar with those. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I own two of them. It's <laughs> pretty like cool. They come in handy. New concept to me. And so I got booted out of the mandala because I couldn't take my, my bottoms off. Because you'd have got blood all over everybody. Yeah, Just spraying, like, in The Shining, like, when the elevator doors I, open. Like, amp on string hanging out, like, in the mandala. <laughs> hey, think, man, it's real. Yeah, you uh, think people at Burning people Man would so be into that. People are so uptight at Burning Man. <laughs> you think they'd be about menses. So, so do people like? Is it just right. like? Are people just running left and right? Like, is everyone having sex? Is it like a big orgy? No. No. No, not necessarily. First of all, if you're out there for a week, you're fucking gross. <laughs> okay, like, like it. There is a lot of like sexually oriented like participating activities, but certainly not the like, you know, the um. It's certainly not necessarily the focus. There's a lot of other things that you can participate in, but there are some pretty extreme, you know, I mean. So did you ever get laid when you were there? Fuck no. I would never fuck on the playa. I'm sorry. Because it, it's just too nasty. It just like people just smell so some. You never know. I mean, first of all, I've only been there once with. I've had sex with a couple hippies before. It's disgusting. They smell like bologna. <laughs> patchouli. <laughs> bologna and patchouli. Yeah, the playa dust is in everything, so you know that's getting in your cooter, and, like, that's not probably good. And, and actually, the guy that I did end up going with, like, one year, he um, he went to, like, the body, we went to this, like, body painting camp, and he dyed himself green. Yeah, that's attractive. <laughs> like like a leprechaun? I was like, like, dude, like, beyond leprechaun, okay? Like, like the Hulk. Like, <laughs> like the Hulk. He did not look like the Hulk. But he was like the Hulk, and he was like, totally green the entire time and I was like hey, that is just so not hot like, you're like so I'm just hot. not into green dudes sorry and like really no place to shower you can't really like wash it off so I, I have another personal question I have an idea for a Burning Man uh, camp it has to do with the movie Spaceballs and the scene in the desert no one's gonna get this <laughs> but if I so do I have to like rent before the event do I have to rent a space or do you just go there and be like well this is going to be my spot I'm going to set up all my junk and here. bring your shotgun and be like get the fuck out <laughs> get off my land <laughs> and set up wherever you want there's a great photo of Burning Man like an aerial image of Burning Man that you can find online so, so it's kind of just free form then they shape it like a horseshoe and it's center it's like um, it's it's um, the streets are by um, time, like 10 o'clock, what is it, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, all the way to 2 o'clock. Like in a radial pattern, spoke yeah. pattern? Yeah. Thank you, Lance. And yeah. then the Burning Man is in the center, I take it? The Burning Man, no, is, is further out from the radial, but it's, um, 
um, in center camp is kind of setting. And actually, you can get lattes in the center camp. It's very, very accommodating of them to give out lattes and get ice in center camp. And then the center camp camps tend to be kind of the, um, they're kind of like bigger attracting camps. But then everything radio, and then they name the other streets, the cross streets, off of like whatever the theme is. So they make their own streets, though. So if it's Green Man, it's probably like, what are they going to name the street? The, the theme this year is Green Man. Okay, the Green Man. Oh, so they'll name the streets according to the theme? It sounds like that guy that you went with kind of missed the year. Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? A couple years off. What type of drugs were you doing when you were there? Okay. Oh, well, you know, cocaine is very difficult to do on the playa since the playa dust is the same consistency as cocaine. Yeah, you'd be like snorting up playa dust and blow it probably would yeah, hurt no it's a terrible and your nose is all dry anyways it's called it's a burning ball out there. like basically you need goggles and shit like goggles and bandanas around your it's very so it is like the road warrior i've seen that those it, costumes it. the wind kicks up and you'll get in these like dust storms wind storms some years dude i've been there when like paul oakenfold is playing and it's like deluging like pouring rain everyone's got like six inches of mud on the bottoms of their shoes and you're just like, what the fuck? And like blowing like hell and like... How could that be fun? That's what I don't understand. Not a fun year. Not a fun year. But the other years are not always like that. But sometimes the wind kicks up at night. So what's the craziest thing you ever did there? Like, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but like, what what, what, what striking memory sticks out in your mind? Um, God. Was it all just insane? It, it pretty much is. I mean, it's really whatever you really want to make it. And so it can be as insane or as comfortable as you want. Like, I had friends who, like, jogged every day and did yoga classes every afternoon. And, like, there's... That would not be what I would Yeah, I wouldn't be doing that either. I'd be probably taking a lot of mushrooms and, like, I don't know, I guess so drug- trying to get but, laid. Like, I used to be a part of this camp that was, like, all these Cal students, and they were, like, mad pill poppers. And so they were all like pre-med students. They had all these access to these meds. So they'd be like, I don't want lithium and Yeah, I could see that. So, so Natalie, you told me that you recently uh, met a Burning Man guy at this party. Well, I don't, I don't think he actually has ever been to Burning Man, but I did just recently go to a Burning Man party. Yeah, I remember. I was, I was there with you. And uh, so you, you met this guy, and uh, I think you guys did. You end up hooking up. Yes, yes, we did. Actually, it was it was um, quite exciting. Within within, I you know I was pretty determined not to be going home alone that night. And um, yeah, right. You were wasted. I know. If I recall I, correctly, you were I pretty was, drunk. I was wasted, determined not to go home alone. <laughs> <laughs> on the prowl. So so you told me before, and I hope you want to talk about this because I find it interesting, that he had kind of an outlandish request for you. Yes, he did. Absolutely. It was like definitely the first time like that I, he was like, <laughs> so we were doing a lot of drugs that night, right? And so when you do certain drugs, you have to, you have to go number two in the middle of the night. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're thinking. So you guys just hooked up. Like, you had sex, and then you're like, "Oh my god, I gotta go to the bathroom." You went to the bathroom. <laughs> then, then what happened? Was it kind of like coitus interruptus? I came back. Yeah, it was. It was kind of after coitus. It was the next. We were beginning the second round of coitus. And, okay, round and number two. Was a stallion. <laughs> he was a stallion, actually. Very, very much so. And he was like, um, he's like, and I was like, well, you know, I, I, I just went poo and. Oh, that's okay, and he was like, oh. "Wait, you told him you had to poo?" Well, 
Well, I told him I already went to Pooh. I was like, it's cool. Like, maybe you don't want to go back down there, you know? Like, And he was like, oh, oh my God. He's like, that's so fucking hot. And I was like, really? Wait, are you talking about it? Was he giving you a rim job? Pretty much right afterwards. Like, he was so <laughs> excited. And he was like, are you? And, and I was like, "Are you? is this okay? For you? <laughs> I love it. And I was like, it's okay. Because okay. I'm like not that into like, when men like try to 69 me and they're on top, not so into it. Like, I really don't like man ass. No, it's because it's like hairy bung in your face. I, yeah. I don't know how many you know girls really right are there. into that. Yeah, I, I don't know how many girls... And it's just as bad for us guys. Don't fool yourself in that position. <laughs> so this dude was like, oh, sweet, you so just took a either. crap? I really am convinced I don't. So wait, this dude was like, you just took a crap and I want to eat you out? He was he was more into it, is I, what you're saying. It wasn't even... A, it was, there was no hesitation whatsoever. He was so excited. And I was like... He's like, you know what I would really like to do with you? He's like, I really want to be in the bathroom when you take your neck, when you go crap again. And I was like, <laughs> really? And I was like, I mean, I was. Why? I woke up the next morning. I was like, did he, did he just say he wanted to crap on me? Or like, I want to, he wants me to crap on him. And then I was like, wait, no, he really just wants to be in the same room. Uh, 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 Natalie, Natalie, he's grooming you. He realizes that he can't just come out and say that. Natalie, it sounds like this guy has a scat fetish. (laughs) It sounds to me that this guy has a scat fetish. Do you you understand this? You can't just fully bring it on to a girl if you're into this. You have to ease her into it. And that's what he's doing to you. Well, what surprises me, though, is like most scat fetishists would hook up with a chick the first night and then maybe wait like a couple weeks and be like, so, I don't know if you're into this, like, but... Uh, well, he's like, I've never told anyone this. I can't believe I can do this with you. Yeah, right. And I'm like, yeah, right. I'm like, I'm so amazing. I know. So, so, so Natalie, did, he just wants to sit in the bathroom and just smell? Yeah. Like, take a sniff? Come on, thing to him. He's like, because what stronger place do you have, like... Like, dogs smell each other's asses, cats, like, you know, like, that's how you, he's like, that's what I, you know, like, that's the biggest turn on is your ass and your pussy, like, that's where you're, you know. I know, I like, I like girls' assholes when they're clean, I'm not into, like, a little chunk of poo. I wipe well, I mean, I wipe well, it's not like it wasn't super dirty, but it's very fresh. So, have you let him, (laughs) have you let him do it? What? Have you have you let him come in and smell? Well, the problem is is that I um, generally take my craps in the morning, and he is a very he pretty much like works nights, so he sleeps all day. So we, so he keeps missing your uh, his bowel window movements. of opportunity. Yeah, his window of opportunity is small. <laughs> yes, and there's been several times where I've like been like in the bathroom at a bar or something. He comes in and he's like he's like. Are, are you gonna crap? He's like, are you gonna do it now? And I'm like, no, babe. Sorry. So you don't find this the least bit strange? No, no. I mean, if he just wants to stand there and smell me, he can knock himself out. That's great. I mean, I. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> here, here's here. I'll, here, this is gonna be like love line, and I'm gonna give you advice about this situation. Wackley because has <laughs> experience in these matters. Okay, here's what you got to do for this guy. You know, because I, I think he's a trooper, and he's uh, he's very persistent, and I like his style. But uh, <laughs> you need to get a jar, a mason jar, cleaned out <laughs> if it had mayonnaise in it or whatever. Clean Tupperware, it out, wash it. Tupperware. Now I'm thinking jar is going to work better for this. And just fart into the jar and then put a bow on it and then surprise him with it. It's, it's going to be the greatest day of his life. When's his birthday? He like pheromones. 
<laughs> or so, if you really want to knock his socks off, you could actually take a crap in the jar and give that to him. I think that's actually more of what he would want. Yeah, so, I just didn't know if you were down with crapping into a jar. So, so Natalie, <laughs> so Natalie, would you be freaked out if he was like, okay, so I've already smelled you and you smell great. I now want you to like drop a load on my face. Um, would you do that? Again, maybe, maybe because again, it's not me. It's it's not him crapping on me. So like, I really like it. So that's, that's where you draw the line. Yes, because I don't like poo. <laughs> but you don't mind being the pooer. No, not at all. Absolutely not. Cause you're a hell of a girl. That's pretty cool. That's yeah, like really good is. giving and game. You like give a new definition to that term. Yeah, I mean, I, it would be nice if there was some plastic down, so it would be easy cleanup. Or just do it in his bedroom and don't worry about it. So, have you ever done this type of activity with a guy before? No, never. Actually, you ever dated any really German have men? Anal with strangers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, uh, you're going to have to keep us posted about this because uh, oh, I definitely want to know uh, what comes from this. <laughs> I imagine it's going to be kind of brown. Yes, I, I will. I'll keep, you, I'll keep you posted blow by blow. <laughs> yeah, keep me informed. Are you going to see the guy tonight? Um, no, you know, I, I, I saw him like two nights in a row and it really felt like too much. So I, need to, I think I need to just take a rest and... Take a night and eat some bran muffins. And yeah, eat some bran muffins, <laughs> maybe take a laxative. <laughs> oh, take a laxative. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so uh, Natalie, I know you got to get going, but uh, one, one more question here. Are you going to be going to Burning Man ever again, or are you just like, I've done it, I don't ever want to go there again? I'd really, I know you're not going to go this year, but I'd really like you to go when I have my Spaceballs desert scene <laughs> camp. <laughs> We can totally, we can totally do it out there. That'd be awesome. No, I am absolutely. I, it's shit you guys paid for, dude. Like, it's so expensive, and it's such an investment. It takes me to like Christmas, like, you just know. to save up for it. Seriously, and so absolutely, I'll go again. I got a huge crew that goes up in up in Tahoe, and good times. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, maybe next time you go, we'll have you back on the show. We can talk about yeah. it. Because I don't think it'll ever get me over there. Seriously, I don't. Do I, Jews go? To, do are Jews allowed to go to Burning Man? Yes, there are, there are many Jews at Burning Man, D. Dude, <laughs> Jews are all about the desert, just not you. You're you're not you're a, a bad Jew. No, dude. I picture this conspiracy. It's like get the Jews out in the desert, and then like yeah. The Jews love the desert. That's where they come from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. How many miles in the desert? <laughs> All right. Well, Natalie, thanks for uh, thanks for letting us talk and uh, informing us about Burning Man. I think you've done a great service. And um, and Anytime. seriously, I'm I'm very supportive of the poo. Of the poo, yeah, the poo master. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a call later. Okay, you guys. Bye. You know what? You know what I love about Natalie is the fact that she's so candid about um everything. Really, isn't yeah. that great that you know a girl that will talk about. Taking a poo on her new man's face. Yeah, she scares me. <laughs> <laughs> would you be intimidated by that girl? Completely. She would just tear me apart. God, I, you know, I, she's the type of girl I'd be. I would prematurely ejaculate. <clears throat> I just imagine being like. I'd be too excited and just be like, oh, it's all over. I just imagine being like tied up and something's jammed at my ass and you know, like my eyelids are pried open, like in the uh, you know Clockwork Orange. There's a big she's log like, on the back of your head. Yeah, and she's like, "You're cool with this, right? You've done this before," and I'll just be like 
no. <laughs> she's got to be the, op- the the most open minded girl I know, right. and, and she's perfect for the show. So that, that's got that, that's great to we'll have, have her, to have her in the studio sometime. That phone connection kind of blew. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't sound that great. So all in all, Burning Man, not for me. I don't know if it's for you, Wackerly. You think so? I just want to try out this space balls idea. <laughs> no one's gonna get it. Okay. You're gonna have a bunch of like dirty naked hippies that are gonna walk around and be like, "What does this mean?" Dude, people love to take acid and watch the movie Spaceballs. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna have a lot of traction. I don't know, man. You know, I just personally, I think it's, I think you're spending a lot of money for nothing. I know all those Spaceballs costumes are gonna cost an <laughs> arm and a leg. But seriously, if you're into Burning Man, go to Burning Man. And, and uh, fans out there, if you've been to Burning Man, send us an email. And, uh, yeah, let us know how it was. Sick and wrong podcast at Hotmail.com. All our British fans would not would just not even know where they were. You know, they're so used to just it being perpetually rainy and soggy, and they'd be out in the desert in this, like, dry talcum powder heat. It would be really weird. Where's the fish and chips? <laughs> What's going on here, mate? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I could, I could imagine them being rather confused. So, uh, as I mentioned before, this is episode 83 here of Sick and Wrong. I want to do a quick recap of uh, episode 82. Wackerly, you're going to be disappointed to hear this, but uh, the listener won again. It's two weeks in a row. I hate that. Back-to-back episodes, the listener wins. Do we have t-shirts left still, or are we almost out? We might have to be making some more, but I I think I do have one for this guy. So, uh, the listener sent in a story about a woman who plays hide the fetus. You did a story about an animal torture fetish couple. And I did a story about two fat chicks that tried to snatch a baby from a pregnant lady. I came in with a paltry 32 votes. Uh, you had a strong 86 votes. Huh. And I uh, gave the listener a run for his money. The listener, Ash, won with 94 votes. So uh, congratulations, Ash. You won a sick and wrong care package for winning show 82. Well, for episode 83 here of Sick and Wrong, I don't think the listener's going to win this time. Yeah, I got I a really pretty good don't. one, I think. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> Well, uh, we'll have to see. I believe you started the show off last time, so uh, let me kick off this show this time here. So for episode 83, here's my story. It's uh, actually a UK story. It's about a builder who loses his nuts and bolts. That's actually the headline from the story. It's That's like got to that, be a play on words. It's that dry English wit. You know, we don't get this very often. Uh, building boss Howard Shelley carried out the ultimate do-it-yourself conversion. He castrated himself so he could become a woman. Did you hear that? He castrated himself. The 40- That's awful. Yeah, it is awful, dude. I, I, I want to preface the story that I cringe while reading it. And I think you're going to cringe while listening to it. The 42-year-old dad of two decided on the drastic move after being told he would have to wait at least two years for a sex change. That doesn't seem like a long time to wait to me. I mean, it's a big it's a big change in your life. It seems like you could be patient and do it right, but apparently he's an impatient well, guy. Well, I think what you have to do if you're going to get that type of surgery in England, you have to go in front of, like, the, I don't know, National Health Service or something and <laughs> petition for it, and they're like, uh... All your peers, a jury of 12. <laughs> matey, you're going to have to wait a couple of years to lop your dick off. You know, you're not going to lose that Johnson right now. So uh, he was like... 
kind of impetuous. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to wait two years. So he found a website which gave a step-by-step guide to the eye-watering home surgery. Then wait, waited. There's a website that shows, tells you how to do this. That's irresponsible. Dude, God bless the internet. Yeah. God bless the internet. You can find out anything on the internet. Seriously. Uh, little did he know. Satan's he, portal. He later found out it was an Onion article. <laughs> <laughs> Damn parodies. <laughs> Fooled me again. So he waited till his wife Janet went out, um, went out to work. And then uh, he sent to work with, on himself with a kitchen knife in I'm the bathroom. I'm assuming he didn't tell her that she was, he was going to do this. She, he no, I think, I, I think he was going to do this as a surprise for it's his wife, surprise. which cracks me up because he's probably a house husband. Yeah, I don't think. Well, no, he's a builder, they said. Oh, yeah, he, I guess he is a builder. You know, I wonder if there's a lot of gender bending amongst construction types in England. <laughs> probably. So with the job done, he wrapped his severed appendages in a cloth and dropped them in the bin. He just tossed them out. So he cut his dick off and just whipped it in the trash. Then he drove five miles to his local um, doctor, explained what he had done, and was packed off for treatment at the uh, hospital near Aylesbury Bucks, which I'm not quite sure exactly where that is. Three days later, back at his desk. So he's a construction worker, but he works at a... He must be like a manager. Well, he, must, he must be a yeah. manager or something. But isn't that amazing? The guy lopped his dick off himself... And then went to the hospital three days later, back at his desk. It's a testament to socialized medicine. I don't know why we can't get our shit together over here in the United States. <laughs> they know how to do it over there in the UK. So Howard, who wants to be known as Holly, I always find that funny how uh, these uh, dudes that get, um, you know, transsexual operations are all, they already have it all planned out. Like they know what outfits they're going to wear. They know what their new name is going to well, be. You got to do some pre-thinking about it. Yeah, but this guy sounded kind of rash. Like, he was just like, you know what? He's impulsive about it. He's just like, I'm just going to lock my dick off. I don't want to wait two years. But, but he, he already had the name. Yeah, but he doesn't. He's just, he's not really a woman. He's like a Ken doll. He doesn't really have a vagina. Well, listen to this. He said, it was very painful, but at the moment I cut oh, really? them off. Understatement. <laughs> I felt all woman. It was such a relief. I'd felt all my life as a woman trapped in a man's body, and I couldn't wait two years dressing and living as a female to get a sex change. I'm the sort of guy who, when I make up my mind to do something, wants it done there and then. I didn't want to be a man anymore, so I decided to do it myself. He's it's like the John Wayne of, uh, you know, transsexuals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to wait for the government. I'm going to do it myself. He took matters into his own hands. Yeah. You know, uh, Wackley, I, I, I don't know if I ever told you this. I think I did. You know, I had a cousin that had a sex change. Mm. Yeah, you have told me about this. Yeah. My, but my, I assume your cousin went through, you know, proper medical channels. My cousin, from what I assume, I think I've only met the guy like once. Girl. Yeah, woman, whatever he is. <laughs> it. I think I met it once. And this was like years ago when I was a kid. But he was like a successful like ophthalmologist yeah. in like well, the Illinois area. right? Oh, dude, this guy had, like, he was, like, 50 years old. He had, like, two children aged, like, 10 and 13. And then one day he decided, like, you know what? I've always been a woman trapped on a man's body. He went through, like, two years of psychological counseling until finally it's, like, they approved him for the operation. Went through the operation, took hormones to, like, get breasts. And I guess now he's, like, a fat woman living in, like, somewhere in New York Mm. or something. But, yeah, like, he went through... um, I, I don't know. I mean, I was always like, the thing is with me is like when I first heard about it from my brother, I thought he was fucking with me. And I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me. Uh, but no, he uh, changed his name to Deborah. And uh, yeah, he like uh, moved to New York. His kids are totally cool with it. 
Which I except, always... except that she nags them all the time. <laughs> the Jewish mother in New York. But dude, how would you deal? When are you going to get married? <laughs> how would you deal with your dad becoming a woman? Uh, I wouldn't deal with that. I would never speak to him again. You why? Uh, what about I, the unconditional love of a son for his father? That's bullshit. I already have one mom. <laughs> so you it's a big you, enough pain in the ass. So you would you would just you would completely like avoid him the rest of your life? I don't. You know. would shun I, him. I, I can't even. This is this this is too far into the hypothetical realm, and I don't even have an answer. See, my whole thing is if my father became a woman. I would be like, you know what, Dad? I accept this, but I'm going to laugh every time I see you. <laughs> <laughs> you got to admit, I'm well, going to be chuckling. Well, your dad has that big beard, which would just be humorous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a woman. He'd be a bearded woman. It'd be great. <laughs> he could be in the circus. Now that would be cool. He's he's got actually kind of he's got some nice breasts. He's probably got like a solid C cup. Well, yeah, he's a little bit overweight. But yeah, he carries I would say it he well. has a C cup. Yeah, he carries it well. I think he has one of those man bras. So this is the sick and wrong part of this story. Um, Howard here revealed how he began researching do-it-yourself castration after he became frustrated with the medics. He said, quote-unquote, none of them seemed to understand. They kept asking if I was gay or transvestite, which I'm not. In the end, I turned to the Internet. It's amazing what you can find. Following the instructions, I sterilized everything and made a tourniquet with rubber bands. So he wrapped this tourniquet with rubber bands around his nuts. And, and penis, right? Yeah, it must have been around his nuts and dick. He said, the worst bit was stealing myself for the first cut. The whole thing took six minutes. It was agony, but I knew I couldn't stop. Six minutes? Six minutes, dude. He was, I wonder if he like took like a, a knife and was just like, you know, grating back or and forth. If he just took a big scissor. Or scissors. I, I, you know, I would probably, oh. if I did it, probably take like a serrated knife or something. This is going to be, get a pretty good rating for me because I am about to barf. <laughs> so um, Howard has been referred to the Gender Change Clinic and is awaiting approval for funding to receive female growth hormones. So right now he is technically a Ken doll, just nothing down there. Yeah, he pees just out of a little hole in the front of his crotch. <laughs> so it must just be like a little urethra tube just coming out there. Ugh. I mean, could you imagine? I wonder what the doctors were like when they saw that. I, I would think that the, the first doctor, he, it sounds like he went to his general practitioner and he had to be pissed off. Like, what the fuck did you do that for? Now I got to deal with this. I have real, like, you know, people coming in with real sicknesses and wounds. And to here deal I have with. a guy who just lomped off his yeah, balls and his Johnson. Yeah, self-inflicted, you know, medical injury. I don't know, man. I mean, I, you know what? I wonder, it must just the blood. I mean, it, how, how tight could you wrap a tourniquet around your bollocks? Well, the tourniquet is just for the procedure. I mean, after that, the rubber bands fall off because they no longer have anything to grip to. And now you've just got this open wound. I mean, what did he like? And wrap he, a gauze he, pad down there or something? But he said he wrapped it in a, t yeah, he probably put a, he like probably a put a maxi pad over there. Sumo diaper? Yeah, well, maxi pad would work pretty <laughs> but well. He, Heavy uh, flow, though. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he, he wrapped it in a cloth towel and threw it in the trash, which, could you imagine if his kids found that? <laughs> Or the cat. <laughs> What's I'm, the cat chewing on? I don't know, but it doesn't look right to me. I'm in, I'm in your trash eating your bollocks. <laughs> I can see that. Nice so uh, Howard's saving up 5,000 pounds for a full sex change operation in Thailand, where I imagine they must uh, fashion a vagina out of the mutilated tissue. He said, I want breasts and hips. Then I can be a real woman. Yeah, well. So it sounds like Thailand like is where they uh, specialize in that type of thing. I saw I watched a documentary about transsexuals once and it's interesting because 
some fe- uh, male to female transsexuals, uh, you know, become a woman, but then they become a lesbian woman because they're still into women. But then others are into dudes, so then be- they become a heterosexual woman. And it's like, it's well, my not- cousin, my cousin's a lesbian. He's into women. He's so living he's still with into a woman. women. He wants to be a woman, but he's still into women. He's living with a woman. Oh, uh, but as his a lesbian, wife before he was uh, became a woman? no, she won't speak to yeah. him again. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Dude, yeah, seriously, my genes are all messed up. I was someone pissed of, in my gene pool. And I then mean, look what, at my brother, me, yeah. uh, my cousin. And what kind of a self-respecting lesbian would go with a woman who used to be a man? That's a whole other different weird thing. Like, I don't know. It takes uh, all kinds, I guess, different strokes to move the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> so finally here, his wife, Janet... Um, said that we still love each other. I'm just angry he had to take such such extreme action. I think she's just pissed because he's going to have to strap it on. From yeah, now couldn't on. he just tuck every once in a while and walk around like a woman? I mean, we all do that. Yeah, I mean, every now and then it's and then, like, yeah, and then, and then it's over, and then you're like, all right, yeah, I'm do you don't it have again. to spend five thousand pounds. You could just yeah, ten grand. I don't know. So, <laughs> so on the sick and wrong brown star scale. I don't know. This dude lopped off his own shit right in his bathroom. Yeah. And I he mean, researched, by himself. It, researched it on the lovely internet. I'm giving it four and a half stars. Wait, 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 wait. You just introduced a half of a star? Yeah, it's a half a star. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, Had he eaten it, I'll it would have been five. No, I'll allow that. But I don't want to be, I don't want this to turn into the old scale where it's like, 4.9 stars, 4.87 stars. But How I'm going to give so it so vigilant about the scale. I'm giving it 5 stars cuz like giving it's it a, 5 stars. Yeah, like I said I wanted to bar for listening to that. It is disgusting. Well, what do you have here for episode 83? I also have a sexually, would you call the transsexual issue a sexual issue, a sexual fetish issue? or It's not really a fetish. No, I would say an issue that deals with sexuality. Well, I, I do have a sexual fetish uh, story here, and I don't think it's one that we've talked about, but it's one that interests me greatly. Uh, let me see. How do I start this What are you here? saying? The guy that chopped off his nuts doesn't interest you greatly? <laughs> well... Let me move on. <laughs> this happened in Conshohocken, Pennsylvania, which is right outside of Philadelphia. Judge William J. Ferber this week sentenced Christopher D. Andrus, who is 47, uh, to a three-year probationary sentence for prowling about a home in the uh, 400 block of West 10th Avenue in Conshohocken and removing and or, <laughs> it actually says and or, rooting around in trash bags containing... A child's dirty diapers. So wait, this guy was foraging for dirty diapers. He was foraging for dirty diapers and what I can only assume are his neighbor's garbage. That's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> so what was he gonna do with these diapers? I'll I'll get to that and you'll be amazed. <laughs> <laughs> um one condition of the probation is that um the uh Police department's intensive supervision unit is closely going to monitor this guy's activities going forward. He actually was only uh, sentenced to pay $300 for court costs and a $30 a month offender supervision fee. Yeah, but technically, is he a sex offender? I think they're a little unclear on that. I think this is one of those things that's really disgusting and wrong, but they don't have a law against it because like, it never comes up. You know, We, yeah. we have stories like that every once in a while. 
But I mean, seriously, who digs through garbage for soiled diapers? Yeah, well, the the uh, uh, assistant DA says that the victims of Mr. Andrus's, Andrus found that his behavior upsetting and rightfully so, which I can imagine if you have a little kid, you know, you have all these worries about sexual predators in the neighborhood and in most places have that uh you know that law where there's like an internet website the megan's law yeah 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 where you can see which of your neighbors like to diddle little children but apparently he's not into that but i still think you'd be nervous that your neighbor is getting your child's (laughs) shitty diapers out of the trash i mean that's got to make you a little nervous i would find that somewhat alarming yeah, well, Maybe it's just me. The, the way this actual case came out that he's been uh, charged with is that uh, police on May 30th of 2006 received a call at 10.30 p.m. concerning a suspicious, well-dressed man. So I'm assuming he has like a three-piece suit on while he's doing this. <laughs> he's wearing an Armani suit. That's just, just like... me. I mean, wh- why else would you call him well-dressed? And that just makes it funnier to me. <laughs> uh, this well-dressed man who stopped... He's wearing in... a top hat. He stopped in front of the residence and removed a bag from a trash can before driving driving away uh, a neighbor of that residence called police about 2 a.m uh august 27th which was uh after this that incident uh to report seeing a man who appeared to be rooting through his neighbor's trash cans again neighbor gave police the license plate number of the car or the man was driving and this this information was what helped them to zero in on the guy because the, when it happened before they just saw the guy nobody could identify him so he must not really be a close neighbor they would know who he was but, I mean, was he just pulling up in his Lexus, getting out of his car, and going through their bathroom, grabbing the diapers, getting back in his Lexus, and driving away? Yeah, the second time, that's what the neighbor saw. So, and then the police, through the uh, license was it plate... Was Diddy? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think this is a white businessman type guy. Yeah, it's but, always uh, white guys that do So they finally found thing. the guy, they hauled him into the station, and, they, and he completely confessed. And here's what he said in his confession. Anders subs- subsequently told police that he engaged in sexual role-playing, and I'm sure you've heard of this before, dressing as a baby, putting on an adult diaper... And, you know, shitting himself. You've seen this on the internet, yeah, right? Yeah, no, the, dom- dominatrixes talk about this stuff all the time. Isn't there a name, like infantilism or something? Yeah, it's an infantilism, that's what it's called. You are sexually turned on by, you know, pretending to be a big baby. Yeah, and you're being dominated by a woman. She's telling you to, yeah, to evacuate in your diaper, <laughs> and you get off on that. I have a problem with the sexual fetish, and we've talked about this sort of thing before. I think it's disgusting, but what I don't understand... You know what? It's a product of people having too much fucking time on their hands. You think, like, back in the 1850s when people were working in, like, horrible industrial factories, anybody had time to come back to their house and put on a nappy and, like, shit in it and get off to that? No, it's... People just have too much time, and that's where these stupid sexual fetishes internet. come from. It's the internet, I tell you. But what I don't well, understand... Well, the internet makes people think that, like, oh, this is acceptable because other people are into it. And I just want to say it's not acceptable at all. It's, it's ridiculous. It's amoral and disgusting. But what I don't get... Okay, so he shits in his own diaper... What is he doing with these soiled diapers from other babies? That's like, the funny. That's what I don't get. That's the funny part. So he's into the whole infantilism thing, and this is what I've never heard of before. The uh, Andrus also told authorities that the dirty diapers gave him quote a little extra stimulation while pleasuring himself. So I can only imagine that he's masturbating with this dirty diaper wrapped around his private parts. Does he have it in his private parts or around his face? <laughs> That's a good question. He doesn't say, but I imagine the private parts, but he probably also is jamming his face into it. So there's a little bit of a scat fetish here, too. God, could you imagine the look on the police officers' faces when they're interrogating him? Yeah, they're probably laughing their asses off. <laughs> <laughs>
they're that... probably about to drink a cup of coffee because you know they always have the coffee in the interrogation room and then just sort of set it down slowly <laughs> before they bring it to their lips. And then they're like removing the plate of donuts from him. Like, <laughs> yeah. no donuts for you, yeah, you sick the, freak. Especially the chocolate ones. <laughs> so apparently this guy had been doing this for like years. Uh, th- this was actually the fifth time, I think based on his confession, or, or no, he'd been uh, a- apprehended or something multiple times before that in December 1998, uh, May 2003, November 2004. Uh, he'd been banned from the parks in the area for going through garbage uh, looking for dirty diapers. So I guess he finally this got... This guy isn't married, is he? he? It doesn't say, but I imagine he's not. Yeah, I, I assume he's single. He, he must have a dominatrix, some woman that he pays to you know enforce this, uh, like you said, this diaper shit play or whatever you want to call it. I bet she just smells really bad. Well, you can, I mean, you've seen, uh, you know, infants' diapers. It's just nasty. Like, you know, yeah. it's that weird baby shit that you never shit for the rest of your life. But, and then, and then imagine that it's been in the trash for like, you know, five days. And this guy's just grabbing it like, oh, this is vintage stuff right here. And it's this guy's getting a boner right. holding it in his hand. That's oh, yeah. what I don't understand. Right in his Armani suit. He's pitching a tent. <laughs> it's disgusting. Foul. Uh, yeah, that's it. So <laughs> I think it's the first infantilism story we had. And I couldn't have just done it if it was just infantilism. But the fact that it sounds appropriate, though, for the Brown Star scale. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's infantilism with, uh, you know, secondary circumstances of him, you know, basically it's not robbery. I mean, trash picking, is it? I guess maybe. It, not really. But no. I mean, he's he's forging through trash, but he's taking babies feces. It's disturbing. That's it's all disturbing. you can say about yes. it. So I'm going to give this four stars you know four I'm, brown stars i'm giving it four brown four stars ch- bright brown child stars <laughs> four brown baby poo stars for me too all right well we'll have to see what the audience has to say about that one before we get there uh we do have a pretty good listener submission here this week that ties into my own story it was mm. sent in by uh, matt who says uh, i hope i win this week so uh matt's in a story here about um, basically, a St. Paul, Minnesota man who um, was castrated by professionals. Oh, okay. This kind of this kind of reminds me of the story that you did probably I don't know six or seven months ago about uh, some guy who sought out some some professionals who knew how to castrate people in Florida. I believe in Florida, and he went yeah. to their basement and uh, they castrated him. They said had a castration dungeon set up or something, and they yeah. put those uh, and they replaced the nuts with something called with nudicles, nudicles, nudicles. Which is a medical product that I hoped to never have to deal with. Well, what's interesting about this though is this guy actually. I don't think he was engaging in a sexual fetish. I think he was like trying to like alleviate his pain. So a St. Paul man here complaining of chronic pain wanted to have his testicles removed. <laughs> when conventional medical staff refused to do the job because they're like, listen, dude, your balls are fine. We're not cutting them off, okay? So you think it's a psychosomatic uh, ailment? Exactly. He hired other professionals to take off his testicles. Uh, two or three people operated on the man named Russell Daniel Angus, 62 years old. So this <laughs> isn't a young guy here. Um they operated on him in his home. He was unconscious during the surgery, and when he woke up, his testicles had been removed, and the professionals, gone. So they, <laughs> they must have drugged him. He was under. They cut his nuts off. Gone. His nuts, gone. Wait, so where did this happen? 
Uh, this happened in St. Paul, Minnesota. But in his house, or did he go to their house? No, this was his home. Okay, so they This left. happened in his home in St. Paul, Minnesota. So he okay. must have, like... Woke cont- up in his own basement. Yeah. His groin area was bleeding heavily, so he called his daughters. <laughs> they didn't even sew him up? <laughs> no, they just cut his nuts off, and they were like, all right, we're out. Good Lord. Our business is done here. Um, he called his daughter. She called for help. When police arrived, they found a makeshift operating room set up in the upper level of his house. There were bright lights, an apparent operating table, medical supplies, equipment, and a camera. Angus was still bleeding. (laughs) A camera? Yeah, a camera. They filmed it. And there was blood in the living room, hall, and bathroom. That's where he walked to the phone to call his daughter. Since then, St. Paul's finest have been looking for the people behind the surgery, suspecting that it was an illegal medical procedure. You think? (laughs) Suspecting. (laughs) But I don't understand... You wouldn't do that. If it were me, I would not do this in the upper level of my house. Because the bright lights are going to shine out the windows. Your neighbor's going to be like, what the fuck's going on up there? Is he growing weed or something? This is something you do in the basement. Or, if you don't have a basement, the shed. Yeah, like or do it outside. You know, do it in the showiness of nature. You don't do this in your living room. I don't agree with nature, but the shed, yes. So uh, police are trying to find out who these professionals were. Angus wouldn't say who the mysterious practitioners were. He told police that he didn't want to get them into trouble. I think it was Doogie Howser. His, his lips are sealed. I think it was that 15-year-old Indian kid who performed the cesarean. Remember that? Yeah, he's going across the world on a world tour. So get this, his wife here, Anne-Marie Angus, God, what an unfortunate surname there. He told police that her husband spends a lot of time on the internets and uh, uses a computer kept in a lower level bedroom, but apparently he didn't use that bedroom for the operation. She said he uses that room because he has limited mobility. The daughter told his police- nuts hurt so bad all the time. <laughs> the daughter told police that she didn't want them to uh, search her father's house. So I don't know, this guy like must have had some- incriminating photos or something on his computer. Well, because you said that he had pain and that's why he wanted to be castrated. I've heard stories where, uh, you know, like sexual predators uh, of, you know, small children who are maybe even in jail will request to be castrated because they see the error of of their ways, but they feel that they can't, they just can't uh, control themselves. So they want to like cut off all testosterone. So they don't have a proclivity for young children. So they don't have that sexual urge anymore. So I wonder if when he says he has a pain that it's, it's more of like a mental thing that he's trying to get rid of. Maybe he's into child porn and that's why that might uh, be what's going on. That could be. And that's, but could you imagine like the guy called his daughter and was just like, Hey baby, I just cut off my nuts. (laughs) You come over here, get me to the hospital. Not the Wang, though. It's it's another... No, it's like, yeah, he cut off his uh, testicles. Just his testicles. So yeah. his Wang's there, but his testicles gone. He does not want to be a woman. He just wants his nuts gone. He just wants his nuts out of there. Okay. Out of the scenario. And they are completely. gone. Yeah, they're gone. And they're nowhere in the house either. So I think the professionals took them. So the phantom surgeons took the... What are they going to do with the nuts? <laughs> I got your balls. <laughs> what are they going to do with them? You know, I don't know. I, I, I really don't. So I'm on to some female to male transsexual. <laughs> so here, here's one of my favorite quotes from the story from Sergeant Richard Munoz, who's a, uh, I guess, one of Minnesota's uh, finest here. He says, based on my knowledge and experience, I know that it is not common or usual for a licensed medical practitioner to perform surgery in a non-sterile environment of a private home. I like that that's his, his expert opinion. Yeah, we could, <laughs> anybody could have told you that. It's like, oh, really? You mean doctors don't come to your house and cut your nuts off? Yeah, no, no, house call, surgery, visit. It doesn't happen. So all in all, it's a mystery. No one knows where um, uh, 
Angus's nuts are. And uh, yeah, they're searching all over Minnesota for them. I bet you they're in that river. <laughs> so on the sick and wrong... <laughs> Yeah, with the bridge collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> he just went over there and just tossed him in there. Yeah. So on the sick and wrong brown star scale, you know, this guy, uh, he didn't cut his dick off. He just no. cut his nuts off. Yeah. And he it's hired professionals to do it. He didn't cut it himself. I'm going to give this three stars. I'm going to give it three. It's a good story. Three and I, a half. Three and a half stars. <laughs> I'm not splitting the difference between stars, but I'm going to give it three it's a good story, but, but it uh, reminds me of the story that you did a while ago. He's fine now, right? I mean, yeah, he's, no, yeah. he's fine. He just has no nuts. But that's he's what he half wanted. the man he used that's to be. What, that's what he desired, <laughs> right? Yeah. So what are you giving it? Three. All right. Well, we'll have to see what the listening audience has to say about that one. Go vote. Sickandwrongpodcast dot com. You can decide who won episode eighty three. Why don't you check out the new Sick and Wrong Forum, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, actually, we're kind of running out of time here, so we got to do this quickly. We received a number of good emails from people, so um, I just want to talk about a couple here before we end the show. My favorite email of the week came from a guy named Andy. He says, D and Lance, this is a link to a gay leather daddy that dot, dot, dot. I just can't explain it. And he includes the URL here, daddytiger.com. You will be sorry. And so I'm at work, and I'm like, you know what? As was I. Yeah, I'm like, I'm at work. I'm going to be sorry. You know, whatever. So I click on it, and yeah, dude, I was sorry. Because well, the video immediately comes up. It's not like, uh, sometimes there's not safe for work sites, but you have sort of a warning. <laughs> that you can just kind of close it really quickly. Right. Or you can not choose to go to, you know, past the introduction page. But this page has a video that immediately comes up, which... I'm not gay or anything, <laughs> but this has to be one of the most awesome things I've ever seen. Well, dude, my boss was standing behind me. He walks up and he's like, oh, and I was just like, uh, dude, I wasn't really looking at that. Some guy sent it to the podcast email. You know, I, I, I had no idea. But Do you the, want to describe the video? Yeah, the video, if you go to Daddy Tiger's main page, which I highly recommend that you do because you probably haven't seen anything that's funny in years, is a video of this like Hesher Sitting there playing electric guitar. He's wearing all leather, I think. Yeah, he's wearing but his all leather. Is unzipped. Yeah, and his his schwanz is schwanzenstuck is sticking out of his pants, and there's like another Hesher sucking his dick while he's playing guitar. Like not just playing guitar, like some rhythm guitar. He's like dude, he's shredding. shredding a guitar, you he's know, like, heavy metal Whoa! solo. Yeah. yeah. While he's getting his dick sucked. And it's funny, too, because there's other videos on the page, which I actually didn't watch at work. And there's some other funny pictures. But, you know, I was, I was reading, I was looking at that website, and I was thinking, the first thing that came to mind, the perfect interview from the dudes at From the Ville. You think so? He fits into a lot of their categories of interest. Dude, it's Heavy a metal. From the Ville trifecta. Heavy metal, gay, and porn star. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's, We're a, to it's send a From that over the Ville trifecta. I'm going to send that link over to Martin and Steele at uh, From the Ville, my favorite podcast. I would hope and that... I think they should contact them and have them on the show. Yeah, I would hope that he could maybe be interviewed over by those guys. I think Daddy Tiger needs to be interviewed by Martin and Steele. <laughs> 
And this guy, you know... It's my assertion, but I think so. I'm not gay or anything. I'll have to say that again. But this guy is not... <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? Because he's not attractive. <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't get the whole gay... Uh, aesthetic or something but what do you how would you you, you already said he's a hesher yeah he's but he's gonna, got some he, hot blonde hair he looks old <laughs> he looks kind of like a junkie the dude's got to be like 60 years old yeah, he's like this gross say. he kind of looks like iggy pop in a way i guess i don't know there's it made a market me, for that somewhere it made me want to puke but you know we should almost call my brother next week and ask him if he knows of daddy tiger because i guarantee my brother's jerked off to that guy before <laughs> You think so? Yeah, I think we should get his perspective, but it'll have to wait till next week. But in the meantime, I'm going to have to send that link over to Martin Steele over at From the Ville because I think he's a perfect guest for their show. Yeah, I should put it on the page also. Andy, it's not that often that uh, we get disgusted here on Sick and Wrong, but you definitely did it this week. So, uh, yeah, thanks for sending that in. Disgusted yet amused, I have to say. Yeah, finally. So um, we, we got another email here from a guy named Mark Magpie, who is a frequent contributor to the site. I think we played one of his songs once. Yeah, uh, from, uh, I can't remember the name of his band, but it was good. He was, was playing at Lollapalooza or something. I, I'm disappointed in myself for not remembering, but uh, we could, you could go back. Marijuana. It's like five issues ago. So um, Mark writes in, I know you guys find it amusing when people ask for advice, because I just don't understand why they ask us for advice. But I have a practical question that you guys could answer. Anything I should know before embarking on a podcast? What do you think, Wackerly? What what advice, what sage advice do you have to give? I'm going to have to say, don't. <laughs> That's same with me. But My I, sentiment's exactly, don't embark on a but podcast. But let me qualify that, because I don't want it to seem like we're, you know, trying to get... Do you want to see Daddy Tiger <laughs> in your email inbox at work? Do you? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but I don't want to seem like we're just trying to stifle competition. But no. as, as I said before, Mark is in a band, which means he has a special privilege access to all kinds of ass that, you know, normal people who aren't in bands don't have. And if you do a podcast, you actually have less access to ass because <laughs> girls don't want to hook up with a dude who's who does a podcast. It's not cool. And so he's going to be taking his elevated level of band, you know, sexual uh, abilities by being in a band, and he's going to be decreasing that, and I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, I kind of understand where you're coming from here, Wackerly. It's, you know, the thing is, I think people have this illusion, a lot of our fans that listen to the show have this illusion that podcasters get so much ass. Like I they, think most... They I think, think we're rolling in dough and smoking, you know, cocaine and the finest weed and we're guess, getting like all these hot chicks no it's I an think illusion most, can i say something <laughs> i think most podcasters at least early on or when you're thinking about like i'm gonna do a podcast you think you're gonna get asked because you do a podcast but i think you have uh evidence that that's not the case and maybe you could tell well, we, I think anecdotal did, I, evidence i think we discussed this anecdote on the show a while ago but i remember being at this like so there's this rocker bar in san francisco in the tenderloin called the hemlock and i was there with a buddy of mine and we're sitting there getting getting drunk and I'm talking about the podcast and I probably said the word podcast at least four or five times and uh this really hot tall blonde girl walks by and she looks at me and she looks at my buddy and she goes podcast nice conversation and then walks away <laughs> and Mark think of this story when you think about starting a podcast you get laid when you're in a band. You don't get laid when you do a podcast. Okay, that's that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Band, positive, podcast, negative. Negative. 
Yeah, exactly. But you'll get a lot of 13-year-old male fans. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so if you like that, then do a podcast. Well, uh, that about does it here for episode uh, 83 of Sick and Wrong. If you haven't already, go over to Podcast Alley. Give us a vote. We're already like somewhere in like the 50s. I think we're like number 15. So, uh, yeah. yeah, ride that rocket. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with episode 84. Until then, take a sleazy. Good night, y'all. Don't you ever think of me When you're outside strolling Don't you ever wave the flag When we're rocking and rolling Don't shoot when you eat my friend Who said it was hard Love.